How's it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes, and I'm going to welcome you to episode number four of The Way of the Wolf. The focus of this episode is going to be on building a team. And I'm really excited about this one because this is the first request that I've received from a listener of the podcast. He is part of an online community that I'm a member of, and the gentleman's name is Scott. And after listening to one of the previous episodes, he asked if I could cover this content. So I'm super excited about this. And what I'm going to do is carve this up into a two-part series. And the reason I want to do that is I see this as you might have an opportunity to inherit an existing team or build a team over time. While there may be similarities in the approach that you take, there will be some subtle differences. And I think it justifies carving this up into uh, two separate episodes to cover it. Now, I will say that this is all based on my experiences. I've learned some things along the way, and hopefully this this is able to help everybody out. First and foremost, you have to build trust with the team. Before we even delve into these primary talking points, trust is an absolute must. It is the foundation of all of this working. And as I talk through this, you're going to pick up on some of the cues and, and an underlying theme of the importance of building trust. With that being said, let's go ahead and kick this off. So the first step, the first thing that you want to do is step in and assess the situation. Hopefully, if you are in a position to inherit a team, you already have some established relationships with the business and the business leaders. If not, you're going to have to start building trust with them immediately and trying to focus on what are the needs of the business? What do they feel the gaps are in the organization or the team that you have inherited? And what are they looking to to get out of you being in this leadership role? Once you've had the conversation and understand the needs of the business and what they're really looking for, I want you to shift your focus over to your team. That is where the majority of this effort is going to be on your part. And the first thing that you want to do is sit down, start having conversations with them. I realize that in today's climate, it's difficult to have in in person face to face meetings. So if you're not able to do that, use uh, video chat, virtual calls, things like that to try to ensure that you're able to read each other's facial re- expressions and and get a sense of where people's heads are at. It's just so much easier to be able to read people's expressions whenever you're face to face or on on video call. But what you want to do is focus on learning the strengths and passions of the individuals on the team. So how do we do that? You sit down, you have conversations with them, you get to know them as an individual, and you figure out what are their their life goals, their career goals, and and things like that. And when you have these conversations, you're going to learn a tremendous amount about all of the individuals on your team, and you're going to start that process of building trust with them. Once you've had conversations with all the members of the team, what I like to do is actually send a survey out with some some key questions where you can actually have hard data to start building your plan and figuring out who goes where, what area do these individuals want to focus on. And I'm going to talk through just a quick example in in my experience of, of doing this in the past. So I was part of an IT organization. We had our company had merged with four other large companies. 
And we sent out this survey and identified that even though I had three other peers that were in the exact same role that I was doing at the time for their organizations, they had, um, they actually didn't really want to be in that role long term. One of them had an, a passion around project management, and another really cared more about the application side of things and not so much the infrastructure. And so when you send this survey out, you will learn where people's heads are at, what do they want to focus on, and where do they want their careers to go. So whenever you've had the opportunity to sit down with them, get to know them on a personal level, and then you've also got the surveys and the data to show where everyone wants to be, that gives you the opportunity to overlay that information and data on top of the needs of the business. And that segues us into making a plan. Once you have all of the information, you know the needs of the business, you know the the passion and direction of all of these individuals, what they want to do with their lives and their careers, you can start building a plan. You'll want to build a team structure that makes sense and make sure that this individual that wants to be a project manager is in that type of a role. This individual that wants to be an infrastructure manager, he's able to be in that type of a role. And what you will see at least based in my experience, is there's likely going to be quite a bit of alignment where the needs of the individuals kind of align with the needs of the business. And you're not going to get 100% of the way there. You may have two individuals that want the same role. At that point, you've got to make a difficult decision. Which individual fits the needs of the business and the team best to be in that role? This is all part of the process, very common, and, and it's okay to start having those, those conversations. And as you go through this process, it could end up taking a month, two months, three months. It really just depends on where people's heads are at, how the team is meshing through this process. But you will eventually find what makes the most sense. And again, you're not going to get 100% of the way there. The way I see it, if you can get 80 to 90% of the members of the team to where they're happy and thrilled and excited to be in the role that they're going to be in, then you're going to call it a win. You may have one or two individuals that are not happy and that may struggle with the new structure of the team, but you can manage through those. There's some tricks on, on how to best manage through those, which I'll, I'll cover in, in other episodes, but for the focus of, of this one, once you have this plan and the team structure, you want to start focusing on, okay, how do I execute this plan? How do I put these steps in place so that we can start moving forward and supporting the business? And whenever you look at this, this plan and your, your org structure for your team and start laying out projects that will support the business and operations... Again, trust is going to be key to success on this. And once you have the plan in place, it is paramount that you follow the plan. Now, there will be times when you have to pivot and tweak and adjust, but as long as the plan is, is set, and, and I'm going to use an example. Let's just say, hey, guys, we're going to go north. As long as you're going north, you can... You can 
veer off to the left just a little bit, veer off to the right, as long as you continue to head in that direction that makes the most sense for the team and the business, that's the valuable part. That's what's the most important to ensuring the success of, of this team. You have to keep moving forward. Realistically, that's really what this comes down to is don't find yourself in a situation where you end up getting gridlocked and aren't sure what to do. You have to make a decision. And if, if you make a mistake, that's perfectly okay and very normal, but keep moving forward. And if you make a mistake again, just pivot, make another decision and then keep moving forward. Now that we've covered those different topics, I'm going to pivot just a little bit to talk through some, some tools that could potentially help you out through this process. One thing that I have, have come to better understand in recent years is the concepts around different personality profiles. There are so many different types of tools out there that can help you with this. There's DISC, there's Berkman, there's Hogan, TTI, all of these different tools. In my experience, they all kind of share an underlying uh, alignment of, of what they do and the value that they bring to the organization and, and your team and you. But the, the important piece is understanding these concepts, understanding that there are different types of personalities and understanding what drives those individuals. Also, as you start learning more about personality profiles, you, you will start to learn how to best communicate with certain individuals. An example that I like to use is DISC. I, I love DISC profiles. They're, they're very... It's a great introductory tool to help someone understand personality profiles, but it scales very well. And if you look at DISC, I'm just going to give a quick example. You, you'll have D personality profiles that are very, very dominant, and uh, they usually find themselves in leadership roles. But D personalities have a tendency to be very direct, very dominant, and just want to move forward, move forward, move forward. They don't really focus on the details. Now, you've also got C individuals on a DISC profile, and those people are more conscientious, more analytical. They usually are a bit more of an introvert, but they focus on, on data, accuracy, and things like that are paramount. What I like to do, especially when it comes to managing projects, is take a D personality to kind of drive and run the project and partner them up or pair them up with a C personality who is going to focus on the details. I like to do this because they they tend to balance themselves out. A D is going to take a project and just run it through a brick wall and not really care about the any fallout that might occur. Whereas that C is going to sit and say, hey, wait a second, we're going to have all these bricks all over the place. We're going to have a mess that we're going to have to pick up. Let's do this, this, and this. Let's, let's set up a net below it so that we can at least catch and minimize some of the fallout and damage that can occur. And so that's a, a good example of the value in pairing up different personality types. Now, you will see there will be times when they kind of butt heads and conflict will arise, but that's okay. As long as you know how to work through that conflict, I really like pairing up those types of, of individuals. There's a lot more examples around personality profiles, and I'll probably actually just do a dedicated episode on that at, at some point in the future. The key here is understanding 
personality profiles. And if you have to uh, reach out to a third party and, and have them come in and do assessments and, and work with your team so that you and your team kind of understand it, definitely look into it. There are tons of organizations out there that can help you out with that. Another thing that I like to do is there is a book called Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And there are companies that will do workshops with you and your team on it. But I want you to envision a, a pyramid. And at the very base and foundation, the first level is trust. You have to have trust in, an, in a team, an organization. That has to be your foundation. Before anything else can occur, you've got to have that. A lack of trust and everything will, will, will crumble. The next level up in the pyramid will be conflict or a fear of conflict. You can't have a team or, or an organization that is fearful of, of conflict for fear of what may end up coming of the conversation. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to work through any challenges. And there's a reason why that's right above trust, because you've got to have that trust before you can navigate those waters and work through issues with, with conflict. The next layer up is going to be commitment. And this is something that you've got to get the buy-in from everybody on the team. You have to understand where their heads are at, and, and they have to know that you're committed to them just as much as they're committed to, to you and, and the organization. The next level up is going to be accountability. This one, I've, I can't stress the importance of accountability as well. I know that the, you know, this is a tiered approach in a pyramid, but accountability, it does kind of help set the tone and help set the direction of the culture, because if there is a lack of accountability, that can, can create a lot of issues in an organization. So you want to make sure that you can focus on accountability. Now, when you layer all of this stuff up, the very tip top of the pyramid is going to be results. Once you have all of these layers in place, you will see results. And uh, I can attest to this. I've gone through this pro uh, process with a few of my teams in the past. And once you go through a workshop like this, read the book, get everyone on the same page, you will end up seeing results. And it's, it's an incredible tool. Highly recommend the book if, if you have the opportunity to read it. So... In closing, there's, there's a few things that I want all of you to remember. First and foremost, you've got to have trust. That is going to be the key to success of you stepping into this role. Um, when you look at the, the three steps that I discussed, you're going to have assessing the situation, making a plan, and following the plan. Those are going to be the key areas that you want to focus on. And as you go through this process, don't be afraid to ask for help. I know there are some people that are fearful of stepping into a role and then trying to work their way through all of this stuff. They don't want to ask for help for fear of someone thinking or finding out that, you know, maybe they're not the right fit for the role. It's a sign of strength to be able to ask for help. And this is, this is not an easy process to go through. So definitely don't be afraid to, to ask for help if, if you need it. That being said, if any of you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, please feel free to reach out to me directly at sean at thewayofthewolf.com. I love this stuff. I love having conversations and just would enjoy the opportunity to, to meet and hear some thoughts and ideas from others. And if I can cover additional content that would be helpful, please let me know. 
I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to the show today, and I will see you guys soon.